The Biden administration vetoed a bill passed by the Senate that directly impacts pre-retirees, retirees, and frankly, anyone who is saving for retirement right now. The Biden veto preserves the Labor Department's ESG rule. We're going to dig into the particulars and how you could be affected on today's podcast. We're going to look at the positives and the negatives, and we'll also play Stump the Guru. Please stay with us. And now, Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. You also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade. Money Matters USA, welcome in. Fred Sade is the founder and managing director of this fiduciary firm of the same name, Fred Sade. Think of him as a retirement spe- uh, specialist in, in a fiduciary manner and holding a PhD in economics from Duke University, bringing a wealth of knowledge to planning with you as he does to this podcast every week. Fred, greetings to you. We got a lot to get into oh, yeah. <laughs> today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I know we're going to spend a good good amount of time on this the, the ESG, the, the the presidential veto, the inability to override the veto, and what all of that could mean for planning for retirement and saving for retirement and how you save for retirement. And then, of course, as you said, stump the guru. So as far as ESG, so the, I know it was the uh, U.S. Department of Labor, and they issued the rule in December that said investment plan fiduciaries may consider climate change and other environmental, social, and governance factors in investment decisions. So not a mandate, but there was then, I think, something out of Congress to reverse that Labor Department rule, and then the president vetoed it, and Congress was unable to override his veto. So where do we stand with this now? What does this mean for people's 401ks and pensions? Well, um you know, ESG, just to define it for, for the folks, it, it, it means environmental, social, and governance investments, and that you can screen investments based on purely social factors. Now, there is really divided points of view about ESG, and whether or not it actually meets a fiduciary standard. Now, some people say that it does not, and there are some others that say, well, yeah, it can be incorporated inside of a fiduciary standard. The issue, the other issue is, if you invest in ESG investing, are you taking a haircut? Will your compound annual growth rate, the CAGR, be higher or lower by investing in uh, ESG investments and mixing them in uh, to your portfolio? And there are different points of view on this. There's one point of view uh, which says, hey, you're going to take a haircut if you invest uh, in ESG. The CAGR, the compound annual uh, growth rate, is going to be lower. There's another point of view. Uh, that says, hey, it's actually going to be higher 
So both, both sides have their studies, which they claim prove their point of view. Is there enough data to determine the performance record? No, not, 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 at, not at this stage. I mean, you, this, is, this is an argument that's really being, uh, being made. And uh, whether or not uh, it, there's going to be a real shock to your investment portfolio because you include some ESG investments, I mean, I, I think the jury uh, is out uh, on this. And I think you have to be guided uh, by, by your own uh, convictions. Now, let me just uh, indicate parenthetically, if I might, that the, the, the name of the game in investing successfully, and especially investing for retirement, is, is not some arbitrary number. In other words, I got to have 1 million, 2 million, 3 million, 4 million. That's not the, that is really not the, the issue. I mean, it's really looking uh, through, the, through the bottle from the narrow end. I mean, it is absolutely necessary to decide on uh, what your spending is going to be in retirement. And once you figure out what your spending is, then it's a matter of figuring out what do you have to do in order to sustain the spending. So it, it doesn't, you know, it really, as one baseball wife said to uh, her husband in, in the recent free agent signings, what's the difference between whether you have uh, a few million dollars more or a few million dollars less? What is it that you're going to do that uh, for two million dollars more that you couldn't do for two million dollars less, and and so I, I think that's that's a perfectly intelligent way, you know, of, of framing the the issue uh, be, because people will say to you they just pull a number, you know, out I, I got to have a million dollars I cannot live with less than a million dollars or I got to have two million dollars or a million five or I got to have five million or four million whatever the number is and then you ask them how'd you get to that number, and you know, then that's that's where the fun begins because they can't really give you a cogent reply uh, to that. What 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 is five million going to do that you can't do for four million? Same question that the baseball wife asked. Or what is it you're going to do at two million that you couldn't do at three million? Same question. So this this it is really important to start where, where you with the fundamental issue and and that is being able to generate income <clears throat> excuse me on a, on a sustained basis in retirement and if you want to have uh, ESG investing great if you don't want to have ESG investing also great i think that's entirely uh, up up to you and as i said um, there are different sides on this and both of them have their proofs so it's a question of who, mm. who do you believe at, at, uh, at this point? And it's become highly politicized. It um, has, no doubt. And we know that there's 25 uh, red states that are suing the Biden administration uh, over, over ESG. And so we're looking at maybe it could go to the Supreme Court eventually. Well, it it probably it probably will, but you know you gotta you gotta say um, you know uh, I don't know what the Supreme Court's going to want to do on something 
like this, and we know that that Wall Street, um, you know, uh, is looking at trillions of dollars of investor funds uh, that can go in the direction of um, you know of ESG. Now, remember, ESG considers non-financial factors in investment decisions. So it wants to look at social accountability. So in other words, it might not want to invest in, in gun or fossil fuel companies. Is that good or bad? Well, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not offering an opinion. I, it uh, seems like I'll if you're looking that. at money decisions, investment decisions, do you just put blinders on and just look at what would be the best investment? That's what I would do. Look, that's what, that's what I will do, and that's where the Republican – criticism over ESG investing is that they're saying, uh, you know, you should not to what they're saying to financial institutions is you should not use your power uh, to guide or direct investments into anything that has a political agenda. Well, you know, companies, you know, both parties use the tax code, for example, to encourage or discourage particular behaviors. So I mean, this is not this is not uh, you know the beginning of of of, uh, of, of something, and um, yeah, the you know, the, the the criticism on ESG. I mean, it's it's really uh, it's primarily being led by the GOP, and the uh, GOP uh, twenty five as I indicated twenty five GOP led states. And they, they're in federal court uh, right now. Uh, and they, they've, um, you know, they are, they are determined to, to see uh, with their lawsuit to block the rule completely. And um, they're arguing that um, the ESG harms, it undermines retirement savings. And, uh, and it's, um, and it's uh, selecting a uh, political ideology uh, over financial returns. So, um, you know, and, and then they're, they're arguing that it's not in the best interest of, of uh, people who, are, who put their money into uh, retirement plans uh, and that it should, as you point out, it should be focused on the rule, as we understand it, is that it should be focused on uh, financial returns. But then, of course, we have the Labor Department and people who support the uh, ESG uh, situation, they're, they're saying that, uh, you know, that, that investment returns, uh, you know, can be uh, impacted uh, by other considerations other than what the market says. So, um, you know, if, if you have, a, we have, a, you know, weather and climate related uh, risks, well, these will eventually impact, uh, uh, you know, um, a profit, a profitability. So, uh, there are no federal laws that I'm aware of that, that would ban any state from investing in ESG. Uh, but uh, some states uh, have, um, you know, have gone in that, uh, have gone in that uh, uh, direction. So, uh, you know, there's a study by uh, a British firm, PwC, and, and they, are, they think that by 2026, uh, ESG will be, uh, investments will exceed uh, $33 trillion uh, and, and command almost 22% of total assets under, you know, under management. And the politics of this also, uh, remember, is that during the Trump administration, the uh, Department of Labor um, uh, 
issued rules which discouraged ESG investing in all retirements and all retirement plans. And the rules uh, stated that fiduciaries for private plans uh, under the uh, the uh, under ERISA, the, the Early Retirement Income Security Act of 1974, could not provide ESG uh, investments because those were sacrificing investment uh, returns. And this is where President you know, Biden then intervened uh, to um, uh, took the position that uh, that employers could consider climate change and other ESG investments for 401k plans, and the Republicans then chimed in with, uh, you know, with 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 their, uh, you know, uh, view. Uh, so, uh, it's funny to me because basically it was a failed attempt to override an override of an override. Yeah, that, that's that's that is that is exactly <coughs> what we are. Uh, um, you want to hear from uh, Senator Ted Cruz? Sure. Got sure. something like from him. I, I find Ted Cruz very interesting. Well, let's get his take on it. He joined Stuart Varney on Fox Business to mm-hmm. weigh in on the impact of this decision for retirees. Do you want to talk about impacting folks at home? This is your retirement that Joe Biden has said his politics matters more than your retirement, and he's perfectly happy for you to take the hit. The Senate stood together with a bipartisan vote yesterday and reversed this and said, you ought to be able to save for your retirement without politicians impacting and hurting your savings. It might might be a little bit of a stretch to say bipartisan. The override vote, at least, there were three Democrats. It was uh, Jared Golden of Maine, Joe Manchin of West Virginia, and John Tester of uh, Montana to join the Republicans in the effort to override the veto. Yeah. I guess that yeah. technically that's bipartisan. <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, it, you know, it, it is, um, you know, I, I really wish, um, Joe Manchin would make up his mind if he's going to run for reelection, is he right. going to run as an independent and caucus with the Republicans? Uh, just like, uh, what main, was the, the, uh, the, oh, uh, um, yeah, uh, can't the, think of her uh, name. Cinema. cinema. Yeah. She went independent. Well, I read some stuff last week uh, where um, th- that was reported that Senator uh, has been lunching uh, with the with some of the Republicans, not not all, not the with the leadership. She has some very very unkind things to say about the Democrats. I mean, ba- basically, it was like old men eating soup in Jello. Jello, She said it was like hanging out with a bunch of old men eating Jello. Yeah. Is what I heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my so, goodness! Uh, not, not very, uh, not very charitable. That'd <laughs> be awkward the next time she had lunch with one of them. <laughs> like, well, Kristen, uh, I don't have, or Kirsten, I don't have. Jello, as you can see. Yeah, I I would assume <laughs> they're going to primary her, um, uh, and see if they. Yeah, well, that's going to be interesting to see if, yeah. if she runs as an independent, and then uh, if she can get herself reelected, and if she uh, then who she's going to caucus with. She got to caucus with. I don't care if you, you can call yourself independent. You still have to caucus right. with one of and the parties. And she currently she, caucuses she, with Democrats, right? That's correct. Okay. And, and she was elected as a Democrat. As does so, uh, Bernie Sanders, who's also an independent. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, um, I think there's uh, three, I think there were three independent, three people who call themselves independents. 
who uh, who caucus with the Democrats, mm-hmm. none with the none with the GOP. Well, I, and I didn't mean to derail no, Ted Cruz on the. But no. I mean, technically, he's right. You had some Democrats, so it was bipartisan. But anyway, what are your thoughts on what he said? You know, um, I, I well, let me let me go back one um, and then come forward. Uh, I indicated, you know, right before um, we we played the clip on of uh, Senator Cruz that many of the asset managers on on Wall Street are very, very interested in ESG uh, investing, and they want to integrate it into their investment strategy, uh, arguing that it will improve overall returns. Uh, And Senator Cruz is making the counter-argument that uh, ESG investing is politically motivated for political purposes, and and it uh, it will harm investing. Well, if the compound annual growth rate uh, actually could exceed uh, a a a, um, a portfolio a portfolio con- that's constructed or portfolios that are constructed w- without uh, ESG, well, you know, then you have to say, well, maybe I should be interested. But on the other hand, how is the what is the portfolio constructed to do? Is, is it constructed to be very conservative, moderately conservative, moderately aggressive, uh, highly aggressive? Uh, is it designed to generate um, uh, income and manage volatility? What is the portfolio designed to do? And in the research that I did for today's podcast, I could not find um, a portfolio, a, a clear understanding of, of how the the ESG would be invested uh, in in portfolios. Now, there, some firms do nothing but design portfolios, and we outsource uh, to a couple of firms that that do nothing. Now, we will you know fool around with portfolios you know with our software. I don't mean fool around. I mean just just to show the impact. You know of of, uh, of different uh, factors and and how that impacts different sectors, um, and you know then we may use um, uh, EFTs, uh, iShares, that sort of thing. Uh, but you know, the, uh, uh, Professor Delallo has demonstrated that portfolios that use only EFTs and iShares don't necessarily outperform portfolios that use mutual funds. So. I mean, I know that may run counter to what uh, some people might, uh, you know, might might think. So, um, I mean, if you can get higher returns, and if that's true, well, you know, uh, then maybe we should look at, uh, at, you know, at this. But if if this is just an argument among among um, institutional asset managers uh, that um, you know that that the higher returns will offset the, the higher uh, compliance cost, and and there is, the, the cost for compliance with ESG is higher uh, if you uh, if you take that uh, you know if you take that on. Um, so you know if if you consider ESG as part of your fiduciary duty, uh, well then uh, you know then you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna take it on. Um, you know now we. I would make one other observation. Who makes and, and the rules is, on whether a company, uh, if you will, comports with environmental, social, or business governance standards? Who's who's setting that standard? 
You know what I'm saying? Isn't that basically yeah, what it means? Yeah, it, it. You know, if you look at uh, at Disney, you know, and and what turned out to be a battle uh, with uh, Governor DeSantis. I mean, it it just seems that they, you know, that the um, the, the publications and the Twitter and and the you know, and the publications that um, uh, uh, TikTok uh, also is a big deal. Uh, you know, on the on the Democrat side, uh, but it, it, that they seem to you know set a, a um, you know a bar, and then um, and and then uh, you know Dem- the Republicans call that woke, but what, what whatever you want to call it, that that seems to be you know uh, you, the, the standards that are expected to be you know, to be followed. And um, I, I don't think there's, I'm not aware that there's one document, but uh, but in the, in the two studies that I looked at, the PWC study uh, and also the, the Bloomberg uh, study, I, I don't see any, you know, portfolio, uh, and, and no examples of, of portfolios that I see. I, I just see these assertions of this, this, you know, Wall Street was polled, and this is what they got, and PwC polled, and this is what they got. So I don't know. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's who's be interesting right. to see this. Uh, it really is, and you know, it seems like um, one final question I have on this for you is just for those with a four hundred one k who wouldn't agree with this, and the companies have now, with this rule from the Department of Labor, have the uh, the right to consider ESG investing. If you are an employee and don't agree with it, what options do you have other than bailing on your 401k? Well, you should be able to have other <clears throat> choices uh, in the in the 401k plan uh, that avoid. Do you uh, have a say in that? Uh, would you have a say in that? Or well, no, you wouldn't, but because the the fund, the uh, risk committee, the company plus the administrator would review. You know what the what the fund choices are now. The SEC uh, has has a new rule. Uh, previously, um, you had to, you had to certify that all of the investment choices meet a fiduciary standard. So now you, that doesn't fly anymore. Now you have to certify that every investment choice meets the fiduciary standard, except that if it's ESG, you're allowed to bypass the fiduciary standard. And and that's really what, that's the argument that Senator Cruz, I mean, that lies behind the argument that Senator Cruz is actually making. So, I mean, I'm trying to unpack Mm -hmm. Senator Cruz's argument uh, for our our listeners. So that's that that whether that's appropriate or not gets us into this argument that we talked about, uh, you know, earlier. And I, I don't have an opinion about it, but I do know. Well, I don't. Well, let me say I shouldn't say that I know. I will make this argument that you can't look to the government uh, to solve the retirement crisis uh, in the United States or the retirement crisis uh, of any government, uh, whether it's the United States government, whether it's Canadian government, the French government. We know that they're rioting in the streets now, uh, protesting. Yeah, uh, raising uh, it to 65. 
Yeah, well, 62 to 64. To 64, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, 64. Yeah, but, but he imposed it under an emergency provision of the French Constitution. It's mm -hmm. not done by a vote uh, of, the, of Parliament. Uh, it, 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 was not, uh, it, it was not done in a phased-in way. It okay. didn't give people choices. He just said, this is what we're going to do. Now, it shall be so, is well, what he said. <laughs> well, like. um, yeah, but, but here, here's the thing. The, the French Social Security and, and National Pension Scheme eats 15% of their GDP. I'm, I'm not surprised. Okay, so the U.S. Social Security, uh, the way our Social Security is funded, um, the only one-third of it is covered by the payroll tax. Mm -hmm. So 5% of our GDP funds Social Security. Okay. So basically what we're sitting here with is the fact that there is no Social Security or Social Security pension system uh, whether it's in the United States, Canada, whether it's in the UK, um, and, and there was a big argument in the paper, uh, a big article in the paper, I should say, over the weekend about the problems with the UK pension uh, system. Uh, and Dr. Malewski said, well, better late than never. Um, it's a joke. It was There was a picture of a man, which was not flattering. <laughs> uh, anyway, the, the point of this, well, it really is whether it's Australia, whether it's uh, Japan. I mean, there's there is. I mean, this is all uh, population driven. It's demographically driven. Uh, it's uh, it's it's the number of workers who are supporting retirees. I mean, in 1935, there's 15 workers supporting uh, every retiree. Right now, uh, it's about maybe four. Uh, in, in uh, four or five years, it, it's going to be maybe you know two and a half, three, two, supporting each retiree. So I mean, this right. these are problems that that are very very difficult uh, to solve. Uh, because uh, and uh, you know the other thing that I see, uh, if I can just add this, is that I see a lot of a lot of folks who are going back to school to increase their their skills or, or learn new skills because we have to deal with artificial intelligence. I and know. How, how are humans going to interact with artificial intelligence? Just, it's scary. Just, just, yeah, just for fun. This is just for fun. The other day, I was I went on an artificial intelligence um, platform and and I just put in um, write an article about uh, about retirement income in the U.S. And within a few minutes, it, it spit out a it's, very cogent uh, article. Yeah, it's scary, though, to me. It and is. I was reading an article on this, and I'm the last fan of regulations, but this might scream for just not letting it get out of hand. You know, keeping some control over that so it doesn't get... Was that, this is new territory for everyone. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine who... Um, who's an adjunct uh, over at uh, one of the local universities. And I said uh, to him, um, what's your stance now on assigning um, the term papers? <laughs> I said, how are you going to know if the term paper <laughs> is written by the student? Good or question. Was by an order? I said, would, would you not be better but instead of doing a, doing a term paper, having people give an oral report? It, right. Uh, you know, and and uh, adding an extra test. 
that's what I mean. Uh, it's new territory. I mean, even from, I know this is a simplified version of that, but even in radio, in my years in radio, we could in the past ask a trivia question, for instance, on yeah. the air, and y- y- they'd have to make a, maybe a dash to the library, you yeah. know? <laughs> but now it's just on their phone. You can't do that anymore. And I know that's a different version, but it's simplified. But, it, you know, we don't know where we're going. And when I make the argument to people, my fears that well, what is anybody going to do in the future people say oh that's the same thing buggy whip manufacturers wondered but i think this is different from that i oh, really yeah, do oh yeah it's it's very very it's very very different i mean this really raises the question um you know of, of uh, how workers are uh, even knowledge workers now i mean because this is important because previously it was blue collar and semi-skilled workers doing doing work that didn't require a lot of education uh now you're talking about white collar workers and you're talking yeah. about uh informational workers uh, this is a where does it level. end where does yeah. does it eventually yeah. down the road it could be a hundred plus years from now but replace doctors i mean oh, yeah. really think oh, about knows? it i mean they're, they're cranking out radio um services now where your announcer is artificial intelligence. You know, it, it, where does it end? That's my question. Where does this end? Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, you got me on a passionate thing. I'm- well, it's it's a, it's a very valid question, which, which is one of the reasons why uh, government promises relating to health care, Social Security, uh, retirement income and so on are are, are very difficult to credit uh, because the, the the ability to fund those programs is uh, very very difficult to to non-existent and our government you know plays games because they confuse cash accounting with accrual accounting so once you start fooling with that you know you can make the numbers come out you see that more in the states you know that's required to balance their budgets and with cash accounting they fool around with that uh or they go or they borrow uh and, you know and run up uh, a lot of debt yeah. uh, in order to you know balance their budget you know one other thing um this is unsolicited i guess you know bill clinton t- took a lot of credit for claiming that he balanced the budget. The first time the budget was balanced in X number, mm-hmm. you know, of, uh, you know, of, of years. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Newt uh, also took credit for it. But the truth of the matter is the budget was not balanced. It was never balanced. All they did is reduce the rate of baseline budgeting, and, and they showed that the baseline uh, budgeting was close to flat. Smoke so and that, mirrors. Fr- yeah, it was all smoke and mirrors. They just played games. As and they so do. every time, yeah, well, every time I hear Newt talk about how we balanced the budget, I laugh. <laughs> because oh, it, it, man. Was, it was not balanced. That's <laughs> Most right, people just right. buy it and they say, okay, and then. Well, yeah, I mean, you really, you really have to dig in and, and, do, some, and do some research. And, and most people are not willing to do the research that don't really care. Um, they're only concerned about the things that, you know, but fair enough, that just impacts uh, them and the things that, that you know, hits right. them in the face and they got to deal with. Uh, otherwise, don't bother me. I got other things to do.
Well, coming up, uh, we're going to, we still need to get in some Stump the Guru, and we promise we're not going to put Fred up against artificial intelligence. These are real, (laughs) (laughs) real questions from real human beings with a pulse, and that is coming up. I do want to mention, if you want to, and we'll tell you more about that here in just a second, but to reach out to Fred for sound retirement strategies, 800-593-8188, 800-593-8188. Coming up, I'll tell you how you can play Stump the Guru. Are you losing sleep over market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? You can't afford to lose a big portion of your nest egg with not enough time to recover. Many people want safety and the guarantee of principle, but also prefer the potential of higher growth with the market. And now you can have both. Call Fred Sade at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. We're back with Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade, founder, managing director of this firm, Money Matters USA. The name of the podcast, the name of the firm. And Fred is founder and managing director and a fiduciary and a retirement specialist. And while well, he shares all his knowledge and, and actually the hard work he does and the due diligence in, in the retirement landscape, the financial arena, and what may affect that from whether it's legislation or the state of the economy. I want to tell you how you play Stump the Guru, because this is a relatively new feature still, but it's on every podcast now. Questions from podcast listeners uh, post to Fred, and you can get yours in, too, if you go to the website, moneymattersusa.net. If you click podcast and then the drop the drop down for Stump the Guru, it's really, really easy. That's moneymattersusa.net. Uh, click podcast. And by the way, when you're on podcast, after you submit your question, go back and listen to the past podcast. We've, we're on uh, episode 87 right now. So lots of very uh, various topics uh, to choose from. All right. Here's our, um, our a couple. I, I believe we have a couple here, Fred, today. Yes, we do. Here's the first question. I'm a do-it-yourselfer. I joined an online group. I was encouraged to buy an inexpensive planning program used by people in this group. After using the program, I think I have a series of issues to sort out. My question is, how important is aligning my investments with my risk tolerance? Okay, so that is very, very important because it's a good place to start. You need to... Well, you need to ask, what is risk tolerance going to tell you? Well, what it tells you is how much you're willing to lose in the equity markets. It's imperative that you know this right up front. How much money are you willing to lose? Now, I'm not saying that it's a straitjacket. It's not. But you need to know what your number is. Now, risk tolerance, once you know that number, it changes over time. So it's important every we periodically we like to redo risk tolerance every every two years. So we want to see if if that's changed because it can be situational. Now, uh, for most people, if they are willing to limit the upside you can, uh, of gain, you can also limit the downside of loss. So you have to be willing to say, how much money am I willing to lose? And for the clients that we work with, uh, we, we would prefer that it's not greater than 10% because um, 10% recovery is, is relatively easy. It's fairly rapid. If it's 
uh, it, that's a very difficult recovery, and you may never recover. The other thing I want to say is that risk tolerance is behavioral, and you, you need a fact-based way to measure risk, and that's risk capacity. And when you're doing risk capacity, you're using Monte Carlo simulations. And I would respectfully like to suggest to the questioner that you go to our website, moneymattersusa.net, and you click on the tab, which is the red light on the dashboard process. Our first consult is free. I think you would benefit from the process, but in any case, we can answer many of the questions and that you're that you have and perhaps help you um, unconfusing you so that you have a better or clearer focus mm -hmm. uh, on on what you're trying to accomplish yeah red line on the dashboard click that at moneymattersusa.net question two i am a single woman never married recently i met with a financial planner who simply said that i should claim social security at age 70. he then did all the planning on that assumption. Now, the report he presented is confusing. Would you be willing to offer some insight on Social Security claiming? Sure. Um, it, every every um, retirement planning process needs to start with Social Security. Uh, David Blanchett, in his research, he shows that a relying on a portfolio only approach will fail. It will not produce. It will fail in the sense that it will not outproduce a combination of a social security strategy, the use of annuities, and a portfolio withdrawal combination. Now, if we look at female life expectancy and we use the Society of Actuaries calculator, the uh, Society of Actuaries indicates there's a 65% chance for a female living to age 85, single female, and a 45% chance of living to age 90. So if a f single female claims Social Security at age 62 and lives to life expectancy, she would expect a total of uh, 615,000. I'm using 2,500 as the uh, income amount. Now, if you wait to age 70, the payout is $759,840. So at age 70, the break-even age is age 82, which is below life expectancy. So if, if you are worried, um, for example, during, during this time that, you, that you're going to run short of money, you could use an annuity, and this is the favorite strategy right now if you look at the sale of single premium immediate annuities uh, as reported by the Life Insurance Marketing and Research Association, LIMRA. The um, question that I think is unasked is, will Social Security be there for me? And uh, I, the, the payroll tax only covers about one-third of the current expense, and general tax revenues make up the rest. So if benefits are cut in 2035, say by 25%, the loss in this example is about $71,000, and the break-even is pushed up a couple of years. So it's not the end of the world. But ask yourself, what, what does all of this mean uh, so the, the fact that Blanchett's research shows that Social Security decisions impact 
all of your accounts. So if you do proper planning, then you should be able to see particular results. And, and these are the basic results. You should be able to see value right across the entire plan. You should be able to see where do I have risk that needs to be stress tested that I need to understand what my exposures are and maybe I need to address those risk areas. And um, an advisor who takes this approach should be able to quantify their value and the client should be able to see that value. And, and once again, I would respectfully suggest you go to our website, uh, moneymattersusa.net, click on the red light on the dashboard uh, process. So I, I think that would, that would uh, help you uh, because we do do significant self-security planning and that's a bedrock, uh, especially if you don't have a pension and self-security uh, is now at the stand-in for the pension. Well, I, I have to make this announcement. Um, I got a couple of questions on long-term care. Mm -hmm. This questions uh, concerned distance that the, the, the parent was located in one place, and in both cases, daughters were located. One was 2,000 miles away, and the other was 2,500 miles away. My um, standard is if I have to do research, then you stump me. And um, oh, okay. so I did get stumped. You got stumped? I, yes, I did. And I will contact the two questionnaires, the two questioners, and I will offer them their their prizes and, and their, their free run-through on the uh, red light on great. the dashboard. Okay. Program. Well, not great, but you know what? It's totally understood. I, I see what you're saying, and you're being totally honest. You got stumped because you're looking at uh, laws in a different state, right? And you would mm -hmm. have had to turn to research for that, which you can do to answer their question, but you're saying you got stumped though. On well, yeah, because you had because to go I, to research. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I, I, I know that, you know, the costs for different forms of care are going to be different, you know, in, in um, Oregon mm -hmm. than, than, you know, than they are in Brooklyn. Right. So, I mean, I, I don't know, uh, you know, what the, what that would you know, it would be, <coughs> excuse me, and if you're long distance, you're going to have additional costs. You're probably going to pay extra uh -huh. uh, for that because you have to rely on other people, you know, to provide those those services for you. And you're not there on, on, on your, you know, by yourself. And, and uh, for people who are local, about one third of them are providing un, unpaid uh, care uh, for for a parent. So this this is a different situation. So I I had to I had to do some uh, I had to do some research for this. But anyway, well, I, I learned a lot. In that's doing good. It. You, yeah. you always you always you always learn more uh, when when you're uh, when you're doing research. Well, te you know, there's an old saying: teachers learn more than their students. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's all well, I got. Well, it's not like you're not going to answer their question. It's just that you did admit that you got stumped, and they are going to benefit from that with some prizes yeah. too. So yeah, here's absolutely. how you do this. This is good. Now you the challenge is on. Can you stump the guru? So, so and you can also connect with Fred on LinkedIn uh, to do that. But if you go to the website, uh, Money Matter. USA.net. Click podcast, then the drop down for Stump the Guru. It is that easy. Great right. podcast as always, Fred. Good information. Thank you. Yes, very good. Love the conversation. Thank you so much for being with us. Money Matters USA.
Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell in any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.